happening on the 11th of January historically, but I like to say the dates very authoritatively. Very happy to be back with you here on The Punch Out. We've got quite a bit here for you. We've got a little demystification going on, if you will, as it regards the so-called, not so-called, the actual solar winds hack that allegedly was uh, conducted by the Russian government. That's what the U.S. government says. Going to get into that a little bit here. We're going to be talking about the president of Honduras, who, among other things, seems to be a drug dealer. Yeah, we're going to get to that. But before we get to either of those two stories, we want to start first with a little bit more from last Wednesday's uh, far-right festivities at the Capitol, if you will. Really, the big business backing for some of these fascist forces. Look, there's quite a bit that could be said here regarding last Wednesday's storming of the Capitol by the far-right. We've already said quite a bit here on Breakthrough News. One thing, however, that can't be said is that this was some sort of quote-unquote grassroots revolt. Not only the action itself, but the totally fraudulent challenge to the elections by certain congresspeople was, quite frankly, bought and paid for by the millionaire and billionaire elites who quite openly cultivate these far-right types for obvious reasons. I mean, no matter how far-right you go, you're going to be attuned to the needs of capital. So if you're big business, are some of these people terrible? Yes, they are terrible. But... Will they make sure to protect your profits and fight against regulations that might give you more profits and maybe even kill some people? Yes, they will. So on and on, the money keeps flowing. Now, the January 6th rally was planned by a range of groups. One of them was the Rule of Law Defense Fund, RDLF. That's the 501c4 arm of the Republican Attorneys General Association. That's the official association of all attorney generals in the country who are Republicans. They were promoting and helping to pay for this rally. From my point of view, you can't get any more mainstream than that, which is why it's really not that surprising that in 2020, they took $200,000 from Comcast, $140,000 from Walmart, $100,000 from Amazon, $75,000 from TikTok, and $51,000 from 1-800-CONTACTS. And that's just to name a few. Sorry, that 1-800-CONTACTS got me there. Uh, Turning Point USA, a far-right so-called youth group led by conservative firebrand Ben Shapiro, actually sponsored 80 buses to attend the event. Now, no surprise that Ben quickly denounced the riot at the Capitol since he brought a good number of the people there. I can see how you might want to disassociate yourself. Turning Point USA, as you might expect, has all sorts of big money people behind it. 
One of its directors has a long history as a major financial industry player, including uh, the head of the wealth management unit at United Capital, which is now the wealth management unit at Goldman Sachs. So not exactly a fringe player. Another guy on the board owns a large payroll and billing company. And the advisory board contains the furniture magnet Foster Freeze, whose net worth is somewhere north of $500 million. And again, just scratching the surface there. Tea Party Patriots. Tea Party Patriots. Jenny Beth Martin, who emerged, some of you, if you're as old as I am, can remember, emerged as one of the so-called grassroots Tea Party leaders back in 2013. Well, Tea Party Patriots had, well, you'd say they're pretending to be grassroots, but I don't know. I mean, in some ways, you know, grassroots for them involves defending billionaires. But anyway, they're pretending to just be normal people. But when you look at the Tea Party Patriots funding, one thing becomes clear very quickly, that they'd be nowhere without frequent million-dollar-plus donations from the Uline family, which not only heads up the Uline company that I'm sure you've heard of shipping office supplies, but the head there, Dick Uline, is also an heir to the Schlitz beer fortune. Just for good measure here, if you're wondering who the Ulines are, Liz Uline, that's the wife of Dick, also very active in Republican politics, said uh, halfway through last year that the pandemic was, quote-unquote, overhyped. Hmm. The Center for Responsive Politics, OpenSecrets.com, notes about their investigation to the financial backers of the congressional supporters of an electoral college challenge, what was happening in the Capitol right before they rushed it. They note that, quote, the list of top PAC donors to the GOP objectors is similar to the list of top PAC donors to all candidates. Hmm. They say that's unsurprising because business PACs donate most of their money to incumbents in both parties, particularly those in safe seats like many of the Republican objectors, end quote. So doesn't matter what they're saying, just matters that they're in there. Numbers two through eight, when you look at the uh, top donors to these Republican objectors, numbers two through eight are the American Bankers Association, the National Association of Realtors, Coke Industries, AT&T, the National Auto Dealers Association, Comcast, the National Beer Wholesalers Association rounds that list out there. And just in case you were wondering, number one is actually the leadership pack of House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy. Uh, took a look at his leadership pack. It's made up almost entirely of individual donations between $2,000 and $5,000. Now, that's not $2 million, but how many people do you know could give $2,000 or $5,000 to a political campaign? So it gives you a sense of who these people are and who is really funding them and how many of them are, again, very, very mainstream. So there's a lot that could be said about all of this, a lot of different threads to pull. But what's really important here is that the idea that this far-right movement is somehow, quote-unquote, fringe is entirely absurd. It's right at the center of American politics. All these businesses and other people claiming to be so outraged now are being 100% fake. I mean, these people weren't terrible yesterday. And quite frankly, if you have been promoting these absurd hard-right policies with millions, if not tens of millions of dollars, year after year after year, what did you ultimately expect to happen? So I'll just say this. Maybe take all these various corporate donations of the capital attack with a grain of salt. Juan Orlando Hernandez, popularly known as Joe, the president of Honduras, has been accused of being a major drug dealer by U.S. prosecutors for the second time. Yep, that's right. And just in case you were wondering, Joe is a U.S. ally. I mean, he was more or less installed after the U.S. supported a coup against a progressive government back during the Obama administration. And he was actually recently or relatively recently reelected in an election widely viewed as fraudulent. Nevertheless, 
friend of the United States. As the Wall Street Journal reports, the allegation came in a filing in the Southern District of New York in the case of someone named Giovanni Fuentes Ramirez, who himself is alleged to be a drug trafficker. He's in prison uh, here in New York. He's alleged to have run a lab that produced hundreds of tons of cocaine a month. Now, in this filing, they noted that, at least apparently, Joe told Ramirez that he, quote, wanted to shove the drugs right up the noses of the gringos. Yep. And as I said, not the first time. In 2019, Joe's brother was arrested as a drug trafficker. And of course, yet again, Joe was linked to the drug trade. Now, of course, just so he doesn't sue me, I have to note that President Juan Orlando Hernandez is, of course, denying this. The government actually put out a tweet denying this. (laughs) Strong pushback there. But I mean... (laughs) Let's be realistic. Obviously, the guy is involved. Nevertheless, you know, the the real issue here is that despite all this corruption and despite all these terrible things, he remains a U.S. ally. He's part of the hard right leadership that the country really attempted to reject about a decade ago and that has sunk the country since then deep into a social crisis that has made it the center of uh, the migrant caravans where thousands of people are fleeing for their lives from Central American countries coming to the United States just to hope to find a way to, to survive any way, shape or form. So all eyes now on the Biden administration. Joe, as I stated, close to the U.S. Uh, He's really only able to be the president because of a coup that was backed by the Obama administration. Obviously, this sort of corrupt, hyper-capitalist leadership is destroying the country. But the only country mentioned by Biden so far in Latin America, it seems, are Cuba and Venezuela, which, suffice it to say, are doing a better job than Joe about caring for their people. So it's a real question here of whether imperialist hypocrisy will rule the day as it concerns Biden's Central American policy, just like it has done during the Trump administration, just like it did during the Obama administration, just like it did during the George W. Bush administration, just like it did in President Clinton's administration, and on and on and on. Well, we'll just have to see here. I don't necessarily expect much from Mr. Biden, but just remember this. President of Honduras, Joe, a drug dealer. Over the weekend, the respected cybersecurity company Kaspersky Labs, the Russians stated that their analysis of the solar winds hack was that some of the fingerprints, uh, as they say, so to speak, that are left behind, that's more or less the different things they look at to see who may have done it, that some of the fingerprints left behind was similar to a group of Russian hackers that they have identified as Turla. It's the name of the group. Turla APT is what they call them. Now, this, of course, is news because the U.S. government has categorically stated that the massive hack, the massive solar winds hack, which hit a large chunk of U.S. government infrastructure, was an attack specifically by the Russian government. Not just a random group of Russians, but the Russians. You know what I mean. Now, at the very least, this Kaspersky uh, evidence here has given... Some credence to what the U.S. is saying, but Kaspersky themselves noted that there are similarities, but they are not, in fact, saying that it was the same group necessarily. And they're also not making any claims about who this group really is and who is really backing them. And this is a very crucial issue when we look at this issue of these hacks, and there's going to be more and more of these, is that it's essentially impossible to attribute hacks by these highly skilled actors. And oftentimes, attribution is really just a guess, quite frankly, just about all the time. Now, of course, there are many cybersecurity companies out there that are going to play up their ability to know everyone did everything. Like, we can definitely tell you for sure it was the Russians. Obviously, they're going to do that because they want you to hire them to quote-unquote protect them. Uh, But the reality is, is trying to find ways to hide your tracks is a very common thing, especially for these very sophisticated actors. As WikiLeaks revealed in its Vault 7 release, regarding CIA cyber weapons. The CIA has a program called Umbridge, which as WikiLeaks states, quote, creates forms of a fingerprint 
that can be used by forensic investigators to attribute multiple different ha- attacks to the same entity so that the way you can make a U.S. So, uh, and that's the end of the WikiLeaks quote there. So in the way, you can make the U.S. hack look like a lot of different things. They have multiple uh, uh, cyber weapons that actually do this. So at the end of the day, the U.S., for instance, could say, I'm just going to make this up, hack Uzbekistan, and they could make it look like it was a Chinese hack. But even more than that, they could make it look like it was a Russian hack attempting to make it look like a Chinese hack to throw you off the scent so you never get back to the U.S. They have multiple forms and multiple different ways of doing this. And if the U.S. has it, undoubtedly some other sophisticated actors have it as well. And that's the real issue here. If you don't know 100% who exactly is doing what, Why would you use each of these hacks to push forward this categorical, it must have been Russia, it must have been China, it must have been North Korea? Well, it's obvious. It's that what you're trying to do is create an atmosphere that helps the furtherance of the demonization of that country. You could easily just make a general point about, well, we don't know exactly who it is, but this is the reason why we would strengthen our cybersecurity infrastructure or whatever. You could easily say that. The only reason you're trying to categorically blame it on someone when you can't actually categorically blame it on someone is because you've already previously determined you want to ring fence those countries. And of course, the U.S. government has already said Russia, China, number one enemies of the United States, and we must do everything possible, including prepare for war uh, with them. Those are nuclear armed countries. That sounds crazy. So how do you start to build in people's minds that, yeah, these people are dangerous and we might have to fight them? Well, you just start accusing them of all sorts of things. So when you see these issues of who hacked whom, remember not only to take it with a grain of salt, but also remember there's always a motive when someone is saying that they know who hacked who for absolute certain. That's the punch out for today. We're with you Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. here in New York East Coast Standard Time, 2 p.m. in Los Angeles Pacific Standard Time, and 9 p.m. GMT. And of course, you can support everything we do here at Breakthrough News at patreon.com slash breakthrough news. It's your patronage that keeps all of our offerings here at Breakthrough News moving forward. And of course, you can check us out across all your social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at BT Newsroom. 